Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Mr. Chala from Peel Virtual Secondary School. We're here with our Virtual Voices podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special episode. The first time we have two guests. Uh, one is Ciela, uh, a student in grade 12 uh, with a very, very bright future after graduation, and her parent guardian, Rizwan. How are both of you? We're good. How are you? Very thank you good. for thank you for inviting us, Samir. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. Of course. Um, we have a set of questions for both Ciela and Rizwan separately. Uh, if there are some questions that overlap, we're going to get into it. Uh, so let's let's start. Um, Ciela, uh, one of the reasons I had reached out to you specifically to be on this podcast um, is your academic success. It seems like your time at Peel Virtual Secondary School has led you to achieving very, very highly and now very well positioned for post-secondary education. So the first question I want to start with is, do you have any advice for your fellow students uh, who are either at PVSS or maybe want to come to PVSS who might be struggling with virtual learning? I would say is always have a routine. Don't just get out of bed and join the meeting. You should get dressed, brush your teeth, have breakfast, and be in the mindset to do work, sit at a desk or a makeshift desk, and be prepared to put in some hard work and not be lazy and actually try to get the work done as best as possible, and to have an agenda beside you so you can write down due dates that the teacher gives on the fly um, so you don't forget about them and and write a to-do list prioritizing all the work you have to do. Huh. Did all this come to you naturally or did you kind of develop these routines and, and kind of advice? Is this something that uh, Rizwan helped you with? Or... <clears throat> uh, yes, yes, Rizwan. <laughs> yes, he definitely did. He always pushed me in that direction of having a routine. I remember when I was younger and I would want to go on my bed and just do some work when I had to do some homework and he'd be like no you can't be on your bed and do work you have to sit up at a desk and work you can't be on a beanbag or anything or a couch anything where you're comfortable you have to be uncomfortable to work because then you'll pressure yourself into I guess thinking straight thinking properly and approaching it from the right angle well flashbacks well I just had some flair, crazy flashbacks there. Anyways, <laughs> go on, Ciela. I just in uh, very good. In uh, in Peel and in education, we call that uh, cultivating a learning environment. That's the technical way we put all that, put all the things in place. Um, hmm. So, I guess it kind of begs the question, uh, Ciela specifically. Uh, could you share a little bit about your academic journey? You mentioned how you may have started with uh, maybe not the best habits and routines, and it's changed over time. So. Um, could you share a little bit about academically kind of where you come from and how virtual learning has uh, played a role in it? I actually started off with an IEP. What is an IEP? Maybe they don't know. Independent educational plan mm -hmm. because I had issues. I was in French immersion and I had, and I was always very behind. And so I had issues with understanding what the teacher was saying and completing all my work on that, um, during the allocated time so I always needed double time and it was very hard for me because I had lots of anxiety as well I was always so nervous to present and 
or that I would finish my homework on time and I had a bunch of homework piled up all the time. Mm -hmm. I then switched to English, which helped out a little bit because it took off the pressure of French immersion. Mm -hmm. And I worked on just focusing on my anxiety and being uncomfortable and being comfortable in uncomfortable situations, pushing myself to ask questions and uh, working on the any weaknesses that I had. So I was always improving myself on a daily basis. And finally, I got out of IEP around grade seven and eight, and I made the transition onto online school uh, during COVID. And I realized that I thrived even more be because of that there was no distractions that I had at school. Mm -hmm. And I got to focus on myself even more and continue to be a better version of myself tomorrow than I am today. And she's not reading this from a script. This is all coming on the fly for her. So this is very good. Yeah. And, you know, CL, as you're talking, it sounds like with feelings of angst, uh, especially from French immersion into the French program and elementary school and middle school, um, it seems like even just hearing you speak, there's like this extemporaneous quality to Rizwan's point about you not reading off a script, uh, like, you know, very eloquent. So it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, I was going to ask you about strategies and habits, but I think you already mentioned a little bit about what you do, you know, getting prepared in the morning, having a checklist. Um, so maybe it would be better for our listeners. Do you have any like specific tools or resources that you use? Uh, that are particularly helpful uh, when you learn virtually? I use, specifically for math, I use the EMC Waterloo website. They have a bunch of different resources spanning from grade 7 to 12, I believe, mm -hmm. as well as uh, exams that you can use to help prepare for tests. I also use Khan Academy for math and Mathapi, which are tutors that help you with math questions. Khan Academy is also good for science and English at times, as well as uh, looking at other teachers' websites online for a specific, I just put in the course code of my class and I can at times find other teachers' websites and their notes and I will use that to help my learning if I have any issues with concepts and I just need somebody else's explanation to help me further understand mm -hmm. you, you may not appreciate this and maybe depending on the age of the listener of uh, our listeners of this podcast but i think me and rizwan can say what an amazing time that you are living in right now Ciela. there was a time when if when we wanted additional resources outside of a class that we're taking we would sometimes have to walk jump in a bus <laughs> convince someone to drive us to a library that might have a microfiche. And if they didn't, we'd have to go 45 minutes or an hour and a half downtown Toronto, find somewhere else. And it's, it's cool that you have all of the stuff that you and, you know, your peers have all the stuff at your fingertips where you have uh, access to your own teachers, your own course content, Beth Khan Academy, other teachers' websites. It's uh, pretty compelling what's available nowadays, right? That's so funny. That's so funny. I just had another, I don't know. We're having a lot of flashbacks. We're going to have a few more by the end of this, uh, was this lovely podcast that you oh, invited I, us to. I, um, I've got a set of questions for you to come. Absolutely. Oh my God. Uh, no, I was thinking that, geez, do you remember like 
door-to-door sales guys trying to push encyclopedias. I don't know if you remember those. There was yeah. actually a guy who came to our door. We wanted to sell and it's like, I pushed my parents, please. Because I knew, I knew that it would, it will take away the time to go to the library if I could just have all this at home. But the size of these encyclopedias, my parents kind of obviously and the price was just out of whack. But I having think- a whole, a whole amount of encyclopedia at your fingertips kind of brings you fast forward to where we are now. And they have that and, and like a lot more. So it's just, it is absolutely. And I can totally appreciate that. I think me and my family got to Encyclopedia (laughs) Britannica. Oh yeah. There you go. CD. And then we stopped because we stopped. Yeah. (laughs) That is funny. Um, so to bring it back, um, now Ciela, of course, uh, growing up and learning isn't always about like school-based academics there, you know, to be a well-rounded person, there's hobbies to entertain and develop and establish there's responsibilities chores all that kind of stuff uh, as you're kind of becoming the adult you will be um how do you manage your time effectively i mean you've got academics on the one end you've got other activities how, how and responsibilities how, how do you how do you how do you manage your time as i mentioned previously i will create a to-do list and prioritize what i have to work on and once I finish that on my free time, I like to knit or watch TV, such as wrestling with Rizwan. Mm-hmm. That's so cool to hear. That's a throwback. So I'm getting kind of ahead though, because you get ahead though, right? You do, you do like, you do like to get ahead. Uh-huh. So there you go. There's a little. Um, with the same resources, Khan Academy, yeah. TVO Learn. Yes. Um, If you don't let me get into it a little bit. You mentioned that you've experienced sometimes in the past and maybe currently too feelings of angst. Do you find being prepared for your classes helps you kind of navigate those feelings when you have some kind of maybe additional control by practicing or preparing? Definitely. I feel that I'm not as worried that I won't understand the concepts because I'll try to understand as best as I possibly can before the class to see where the gaps are in my understanding that way in in class, I can ask the teacher those specific questions to help clear my understanding or pay attention to that specific part in her lesson mm-hmm. to help myself understand. It's, it's, it's quite admirable that you, I mean, either contrived or you stumbled upon that so early in life. A lot of us, you know, don't actually understand that preparing, whether it be for work, or, you know, a university class or a degree program, you know, can really help uh, mitigate some of the discomfort that comes along with learning. Because learning is, a, is by nature, uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. That world works. You got to revisit something you thought you knew. It's yeah, it's not a nice experience, you know? Um, That's embarrassing, too, when you're in a classroom and you miss something and someone's distracting you. And... Um... I mean, you put your hand up, right? You be that one kid in the class that's making the teacher repeat it themselves. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, well, I don't want to do that again because all the eyes are looking at you. So I can only imagine how kids definitely would learn or benefit more on a, on a virtual, like a more of a solitude type of environment. It's because, you know, you've got that social um, peer pushing type of environment and it just obviously it gets, it gets you know, it gets overwhelming and storming on you right yeah it absolutely think. can be no I, I can i think 
I think all of us, even our listeners could probably empathize with that feeling of missing something and contemplating whether you should ask or ask a question yeah. or clarification. Right. That feeling, I think it's probably universal. Absolutely. And you're in the end, who's suffering the most is just, is just you. I mean, you're dumbifying yourself, I mean, basically, and you're asking for more trouble. So, mm. um, you know, I, I definitely wanted to say that because it's, I just wanted to let it out there that, you know, it's a lot of stereotypical, um, mindsets. People think that, you know, not going to school and learning at home is, it's no, it's a lot of, there's a lot of pros and cons. I agree, but definitely more pros than cons. hundred percent. That's, uh, that's very cool for you to say. Definitely see how how new all of this is. But regardless, Ciela, I have one more formal question for you. You can still jump in later, but one more. Because um, your insights matter the most. Because believe it or not, I have never taught a virtual secondary school class as a, you know, because I'm an administrator now. Um, I've never learned virtually in my high school career. Um, could you share a memorable success story or an achievement or something um, that you attribute to virtual school or virtual education? I would say that art, the art club, I was fortunate enough to be a part of it. Uh, my art teacher asked me if I could help her create it. And in the end, I ended up being one of the co-presidents. And I find that, thank you. I found that through that experience, I was able to become a better leader and it helped me with my confidence because I was, I was speaking in front of up, up to 30 different kids sometimes, depending on how many people joined that time. And I was, at times I was, um, I was hosting different activities and teaching them lessons based off art and just really being comfortable, I guess, <laughs> comfortable in an uncomfortable situation again. There you go. Who's, who's the art teacher? It was Miss Roblin. Miss Roblin. We got to send some love to Miss Roblin. Uh, for those listening, this is the 2023-2024 school year. Uh, Miss Roblin is, uh, well, was Ciela's art teacher. And if you're a current PBSS student, the banner on our D2L landing page was part and parcel of Cielo's work. So that's what she's kind of talking about. It's one example of the work that she did for the art club. So My initials are actually behind this, the girl. The CC initial is mine. And there's other oh. initials of the different people that uh, helped with that poster. Cool. So that's like a little Easter egg. So for those that are... Take a look at the at the little girl. I think she's on her iPad, and there's yeah, your initials are right there. So, CD is you, right? CC. They put it as CC. Gotcha. Awesome. All right, Mister Rizwan Sheikh, mm -hmm. it's your turn. So lovely. Um, again, I mean, I kind of mentioned why I was interested in having Ciela in this in this on this episode. Um, but part and parcel to that. Um, you've been a very active parent. Um, you ask questions and not facetious questions, like really, really good questions. Obvious that you care about Ciela. Obviously you care about virtual learning. Um, and it's one of the reasons I wanted, wanted to have you on because I think you have a lot to offer our parent community, current and future. Um, so first and foremost, uh, I mean, as a parent, 
how have you supported Cielo in, in adapting and maybe succeeding in virtual learning? Um, well, I never wanted to make her feel that this was a punishment or if this was a, you know, a force that she has to like only do it because, well, we say it and that's the way it is. No, I mean, I mean, okay, fine. There was that pandemic. There was the whole, um, 21, 22 kind of COVID thing going on and everybody was obviously fearful of that, but a lot of good things were happening, um, in, in Ciela's room. There was a lot of good time that she would, she would take, uh, extra time where she wouldn't probably other days and to, you know, dissect, uh, problems, ask questions more. Um, so I guess I supported her in a, in a, in a positive manner, meaning that, Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm a parental figure, sure. Um, but when you're at school, I'm a principal, and this is your this is a school. This house is your basic your administration, mm. and I kept forcing that ideology on her um, to make her think, "Hey, you know what? I need to I need to tighten my belt, and I need to take advantage of this time." Because I kept telling her that that's something that you will lose eventually is the word time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how I supported the whole virtual in the initial stages where I just wanted to make sure that there's, it's a, it's a balance and it's a procedure that she needs to follow in. And here we are, here we are. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and I mean, hopefully Ciela, you kind of realize it's a little difficult because, you know, your experience is your own, you're not comparing yourself all the time, but you know, education, we, there's a lot of that education would be more generally, you say it takes a village to raise a child. What that what that means specifically is you, Ciela, are involved in the learning process. You have your school and teachers and, and men like me. There is the learning environment. And then there's also your parents. That, you know, these four things together have to work together in order to make a, a successful learning experience. And it sounds like uh, Rizwan, you really kind of nailed it on the head by taking up like a mantle or the mantle of being an additional educator, not just a parent, but an additional educator during virtual learning. Sure. Absolutely. A support system is definitely always, uh, it's something I didn't have a lot of when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So just like you would, can, would appreciate this or your parents probably did this or my parents, they always wanted something they had, they couldn't get and they wanted their pet children to have. Um, so I, that environment is something where you want to push uh, and say, Hey, you know what? If I didn't get it, I definitely don't want her to suffer. Something like that. Yes. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Something like that. Something, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's coming out right, but that's. I was going to say, no, it, it totally makes sense. I think we're all collectively <laughs> listening to you and shaking our heads inside. I hope they're all nodding. I know. I can't see any of these people who are going to listen to this. I hope they're nodding in a positive manner. And they're not nodding other gestures at this very moment in time. Good. <laughs> um, so uh, moving on, I mean, we've kind of touched on it a little bit so far, but explicitly, have you noticed um, any positive changes or challenges in Ciela's learning compared to when she was in person or perhaps your own experience in in-person education? Um, yeah, I mean, she touched base with this as well. And I think during her question and answer period, I mean, she was, she's, she's evolved, right? It's an, it's every day is a learning curve and there's always something new to learn. And, uh, for sure that can, she's like flashbacks again. Um, so there were times where her assignments were like overwhelming for her and she was like, it was like, 
it was like, oh, the sky's falling. It's doom. It's that's it. We're done. It's toast. Plant my epitaph right now. We're good. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know, it actually it's it's pretty cool because because now she 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 has sort of realized that hey, I do have anxiety. I do get overwhelmed. I do have these issues and. So, so I guess her, in her answer or her, in her argument to that is she prepares, uh, she gives herself enough time. Um, and then she understands that, you know, she's got it easier. Uh, and those little things, um, kind of like make for a better outcome. I mean, her assignments now originally were like 50, 60%. And now she's touching nineties, hundreds. Um, yes. so she's not that I'm boasting. I don't know if I can say numbers in this podcast, but. But she's definitely up there, and, yeah. And it's good, and I, and I'm proud. I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her for for realizing. That, you know, obviously in the beginning there was not enough, so we'd search the internet. We you know get we get uh, you know certain resources, and and uh, now she remembers exactly how some of the stuff we did and what went down, and and you know there's certain out assignments now that are challenging, more challenging, but yet she's prevailing. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah. So I want to stick to this for a second. Ciel, I got to ask you, and this is for Ciel specifically. Um, Rizwan just mentioned that you were achieving, what, just north of a passing grade at some point in the past, like 50s and 60s. When when was that? Like, what grade were you in? Grade five, grade four, mostly. but in grade seven and eight, I had some of those as well, wow. just not as much. Do you do you know and do you feel comfortable uh, telling us what your average was in first semester? If you know, because I know. I'm, I I think it was a ninety six. Ninety six. So for those people listening, within four to five years, with a little bit, or maybe a lot of it of intentional changes with supportive parents, that huge gap, you know, from almost failing, you know, at the level one, one plus mark, all the way to level four plus is uh, possible hard. And, do- and and difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm hard, sure but possible. Hard. Yeah, yeah. I got to say this too. Uh, being smart is one thing, but clearly it's a lot of hard work. Regardless of where you come from, I get that. Um, so uh, I had asked Ciela previously, so we're back to Rizwan. Um, I'd asked Ciela uh, how to maintain or how she maintains a healthy balance between academics and other stuff, right? Responsibilities, hobbies, and everything. So Rizwan, I mean, being a successful adult, um, how do you encourage uh, a healthy balance between academics, personal well-being, while Ciela's, uh, or anyone is navigating virtual learning? Um, <laughs> This is funny, because she's going to probably shake her head. She's like, when does this guy ever give me any time? Uh, but uh, <laughs> I I have to, I have to say that um, I kind of like, I want everybody to know that if you put the hard work in, you reap the rewards. So I would always be playing the whole, have you done your work? Have you done this? Have you gone ahead? Have you stepped? Like, I like to see her get ahead. And I think that would be, uh, I'll bring this up again before we finish the podcast. But once, if you get ahead and you, and you keep sort of like in that zone, 
where you can revisit what you did with the class as the class is catching up, you have that benefit of, of taking that free time. And because you're ahead, um, I would always push that and say, Hey, that's a reward. That's a goal. That's a pat on your back. And I definitely encourage, uh, you know, her to, you know, take her time, go to her grandparents, do her thing, whatever she wants, maybe even some treats or desserts to, you know, impress or to encourage or to like, keep her, uh, like whenever she comes back with a high grade here, you know, let's go to Dairy Queen, you know, whatever. Um, it's just those little, it's those little, um, habits, uh, that I've put in her head that, Hey, you know what, if I do the time, I, I, I pay the crime. So that's <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> I get you. And, and, and I think that's probably a good, I think that's a good positive answer to that. I think so. I agree. I, I like the idea of, of, um, incentivizing this journey, Absolutely. right? Whether it's like explicit with things like, you know, obvious stuff like, you know, food, money, yep. whatever, that's, that's one thing, but without any incentives, even self-imposed incentives, the whole learning process becomes quite monotonous and kind of fruitless. You just keep on going and go like Ciela today. Uh, I should tell everyone we're recording this on February 16th, uh, 2024. It is a professional learning day, which means there are no classes for students. Ciela, what did you do today? <laughs> <laughs> I worked on school to catch up and try to get ahead. See, exactly, right? Because it, it, it works. There's a little bit of incentive. Uh, I, I, I think, Ciela, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but whatever work you put in today will pay back next week and in the weeks to come, correct? Yes, definitely. There you go. It's, it seems like that came from uh, came from someone special, right? There's one. Ah, oh, I had the thumbs up. You saw that, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so this kind of begs the question. I mean, what what kind of advice would you give to other parent guardians who are navigating virtual learning with their children? Um. Yeah. So you know, I would say congrats to trying. I would say definitely. I mean, it's worth it. Um, you know, you wouldn't know unless you try it. Um, and I encourage parents to, to create an environment of a school ish and to push, um, sort of like get, get more involved. What did you do? How did you do over dinner, over, over lunch or whatever family time dynamic, whatever the family might have. Um, and, and this way it is like, it's like a, there's like a lot of less pressure because the kid's not repeating themselves to their over and over, you know, the day they want to hear it out. They want to talk it out. And that is learning, right? Learning is repetition. It's revising, revisiting, mm -hmm. refreshing, asking questions and, and learning something new that you didn't know yourself. Maybe it's something the parent could input at that time. And Hey, you know what, what did you just succeed? You just succeeded a family dynamics. Everybody's happy, happy, you know? Yeah. Or asking so. me to teach you what I learned. Yeah. There you go. That's very rare, but it happens. Do you, you, you do that though with each other? Like when, if Ciela, when you learn something? Yeah. Yeah. At times, especially when I'm very passionate about it. I remember I learned something in function. She'll make sure that I'm listening. Took my computer all the way downstairs. That's just so my mom and Riz. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's so interesting you say that because there's a hierarchy of learning that most teachers are, are aware of. It starts with um, like note taking and then uh, discussion is a, 
like yep. a better version because you have to discuss ideas. And the top tier, it all kind of looks like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where it's yeah. the pinnacle of learning is when you can teach something confidently to something else who is totally ignorant of the subject to begin with. Right. And I, I actually, I can concur with that. I think that in my definition, I don't know, that might be the teacher's uh, sort of handbook, but for me, that's what learning is. I mean, that is the definition of learning. It has to be. There is probably no other definition better than that. If you can teach other people and you can repeat, repeat, repeat what you just learned and you can be excited about it, you're you're right there. That's an understanding. That's the understanding 101. Yeah, you got it. You got it. So true. Um, now, I think this is coming across to our listeners, and it's definitely come across to me. Um, you mentioned in the previous question, Rizwan, you know, you will <clears throat> pay attention to what's going on in school classes, and you will ask, like explicitly ask Ciela, um, you know, have you done that yet? What happened today? All that. Of course, there are some family dynamics where when parents ask, the typical answer is, like a question is, how was school? Very typical answer is, fine. Yeah. With no no details. I hate and, that. <laughs> I hate that. That's like so off. I'm like, I, she knows it too. I'm like, what? Yeah. You all these words in your life, oh, and this is the only word you come up with. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you read how many books and you got what in your brain? That's right. That's right. Oh, and my so, gosh. Again, and that's one of the reasons I wanted both of you on. Uh, and this is really my final formal question. Um, how do you and Ciela maintain such a such open communication um, in general, but specific to her academic experiences? Um, well, you want to answer this one? <laughs> you kind of force it out of me. Oh, the word force, don't... Yeah, is... Well, as a teenager, yes. I guess, it's kind of... It's hard to explain to you because sometimes I feel that maybe I don't want to teach you the whole class. Mm. I can't exactly say everything that's happening online because you don't know what I'm learning and it'll take forever for me to teach you. Uh-huh. And so you have to sometimes dig it out of me, the questions that you want. Mm -hmm. me to answer okay the right but the right the right questions the right right questions. the right questions but yeah. specifically in math did you learn i'll give you the broad answer right right so <laughs> okay okay so that, that that's good right that's a good thing yeah that's a good thing it's a very good thing um yeah for sure communication is good um i, I obviously encourage to do better than the last time i asked a question if I see her sort of like answering in a way that may not be as thorough, fine, I get it. I'm not there. I'm not in the class. I get it. I get it. I get it. But yeah, I encourage her to talk a bit because living in, in the room in her head, because you remember virtual virtual schooling and then revising and then the school is over. You're in your own room. You're kind of going over the notes by yourself. So you kind of have to have an input of, hey, you know what? I need to talk. I need to talk it out. I need to... You know, so that's where I come in. I'm like, I try to push that whole talking, talking speech, communication. Let's try and get it out. Let's try and figure out what's going on, uh, in an in an indirect kind of a way. And he also makes sure that I know that he's always there Absolutely. for me to help whenever I have a problem. Help me help you. Yeah. Um, 
I think our listeners might be picking up on something because I definitely did. Um, of course, our listeners can't see both of you, and I can. Um, Ciela and Rizwan smile at each other. They laugh when they speak. There is... Uh... <laughs> she's, like, she's laughing at me, not with me. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> uh, there's, there's clearly, whether it's explicit or not, there's clearly love between both of you. And I think when it comes to uh, a parent, a guardian, a uh, child, um, maintaining trust in that way uh, and how it's communicated is quite important. And I, I would argue it's led to both of your success, I mean, in your relationship with each other uh, and perhaps otherwise. Um, that's what I think is maybe, maybe Rizwan to your, uh, maybe a point for you is being so open to talk, um, being able to say what you think needs to get done. Um, Absolutely. And when Ciela turns around and says, it's so cool because she can say, yeah, you're right. Or I disagree. And it's okay. You can have that discussion. That is a beautiful relationship to have with a parent. I don't know if both of you would agree, but from my point of view, uh, not everyone has it. So it's, it's quite valuable. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Samir. Uh, that's very nice of you. Uh, yeah, I, well, again, we're back to that whole how our parents raised us. And, you know, we're like, I'm from, I don't know, my name might give it away, but I'll just, you know, it's South Asian. So we have that background. And you know how Pakistani families or Indian families are, they're kind of like, you know, what is going on? You know, and that's like, that's like, there's like really nothing much there. Dad's working, mom's were cooking in the kitchen. There's really nothing going on. The dynamics are so uh, near and far from. So, you know, I didn't want, I just didn't want that same sort of environment for her. And I felt that this, I felt this was a good, a good, I wouldn't say omen, but a, like a good blessing, um, in disguise. Uh, and I, and I, and I encourage all students, uh, who are hearing this or parents or whoever, you know, all walks of life. Um, it's, it's, it's very, very, very satisfying to find that inner potential. Cause I think we're all the same. Um, we're all here to learn every day, uh, whether you buy a skill, whether that be through books, whether it be through practical or theory. Um, but if you can find what your balance is and how you work and how you tick, um, it's easy from there. But mm -hmm. it's because we're so lost in the beginning. We just follow the whole wave of classes in, classes out, bell on, bell off, lunch in, lunch out. We're not looking for each other. We're looking for others to look like us, but we're not looking for ourselves. Mm. I think I think this virtual sort of I won't say solitude because that's too negative of a word, but I say I say this the quiet environment of your mind, um, the sound of silence, if you may. Uh, I think yes. that that really attracts learning, and all the great minds did it. Right? I mean, look at the past all the texts that were written, all the theses that were done back in the day, they were all done solo, solo driven. And it was a drive behind them. And I think that drive is in all of us. We just have to find the inner genius in all of us. That's such a beautiful way to say that. Um, there's a term called metacognition. I think I was speaking to another student, uh, maybe in the last episode. Um, there's a term called, right, metacognition, which is, mm -hmm. it, I mean, there's a very precise scientific definition in education. It's 
It means learning how to learn. Sure. It's knowing yep. that if um, if I decide to, I'll give you a very, something anyone can sink their teeth into. If I am hungry and I eat a Snickers bar at 1130 at night, it will feel really good in the moment. But I will not be able to sleep well, which means my Saturday morning is now ruined, which now goes into the weekend. Recognizing those little differences in us, good decisions, bad decisions can really help us, especially in, in when it comes to schooling. Like Ciela, when you're talking about accessing resources online and being kind of almost ahead of each of your classes a little bit to mitigate your own feelings that will inevitably come. Great. That's a form of metacognition. You know, I really enjoy that. Um, so we're getting to the end now. Um, before I say thank you, is there anything else either of you, Ciela or Rizwan, want to say to uh, our listeners, our staff, our students, parent community, whoever that you haven't said already? I'd say something else. Another piece of advice would be to definitely be self-aware, which you were mentioning a little bit, and to pay attention to your weaknesses and where you can improve so you do continue to improve. Nice. Rizwan, what do you got? Awareness, yeah. Awareness, yeah. Being aware. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, with that, uh, we are just at the end right now. I want to thank both of you for being on the Virtual Voices podcast. This is the first time we've had a parent and a student together. So again, thank you. This is kind of groundbreaking. Uh, and for everyone listening, we'll see you in the next one. Take care, everyone. I would, well, I'd love to. We'd love to come back to this if there's ever an opportunity. We definitely to help you out, Samir. You're an awesome individual yourself. Don't sell yourself short. This is a great idea. This is a great uh, school you have there. I mean, uh, you you've been awesome with Ciela. I'm sure you're awesome with other students as well. I mean, it's it's probably a pleasure to be in your school with you as a in in the head helm. So definitely, kudos to you. Thank you, Samir, for this time. I appreciate that so much. All right, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.